Welcome to Uncontained, episode 140. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render. And on the show today, I speak with comedian Lyle Barons. We meet up in Oakland's Jack London Square at Plank. And uh, yeah, there may be a little bit of background noise in this one. Uh, okay, yeah, at least three trains went by and, uh, well, bar noise in the back. But we had a great conversation. We talk about how comedians get booked and also walking the fine line of being a comics comic and an audience's comic and when to draw the line on doing shows for exposure alone that's all coming up plug in your earbuds this is how lyle barons lives uncontained how are you doing today lyle i'm well how are you i'm doing well thank you man thank you for joining me on the podcast here we're hearing a train go by right now in the background on, uh we're in jack london square in oakland so uh, you may hear some background noise throughout this episode but uh yeah dude thank you for coming on uh, it's kind Absolutely. of a cool place that we're meeting at uh, plank it is. We'll give it a plug. Why not? So <laughs> they wouldn't let us get a side room for Facebook, and we're still giving them a plug. That's that's very. Uh, but you know, I, I'll give the, I'll give that. them a plug since we're recording here. But I'll also say, and we didn't get a server either. So yeah, I'll have to say I did have to wait an abnormally long amount of time to even be acknowledged at the bar. I understand that they're busy, but they weren't know, busy at all. They, they weren't, and. Uh, you know, I didn't even get like the head nod, I'll be with you in yeah. a minute, or anything like that. So that is one thing I'll say right now. This man. is like the most passive Yelp review ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> we don't shout you out, but you ain't shit. But shout out you, even though you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have a good beer selection. I'll, I'll Absolutely. say that. I'll say that. Happy hour prices and all that good shit. And so I'm if you're in Jack juice. London Square in Oakland and don't mind waiting, for a drink a little <laughs> while uh <laughs> come to oh, play <laughs> should i should i tag them in the uh, social media <laughs> posts on yes this? please do let like. them hear hear my uncontained review <laughs> all right <laughs> enough about our location right now so i've listened to a couple uh, clips seen you live at the yeah. layover that's how we met yeah uh you were hosting a show there do you still do that every other tuesday yeah yes um we're uh we're like a few we're like two saturdays a month and we're like second and fourth saturday and uh first and last tuesday and when there is like when there's like a fifth tuesday or a fifth saturday we also got that and okay and special dates like valentine's day new year's eve like i, I run it that day as well those days as okay well. yeah you need something for the people who didn't have dates on valentine's Absolutely. day or to or to take their date too if they they want to go see some stand-up that's a comedy, cash cow which. for stand-up comedy too valentine's day oh my god yeah, yeah. What what is it like performing on Valentine's Day? Is there is there a different feel about the crowd? Yes. That's kind of what I'm wondering. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, my first Valentine's Day show I did when uh, I I was like 20, 22, 23. I was in Santa Barbara, and it was it was cool because it, it was I would say the atmosphere is. Um, and then I did one uh, this past year Valentine's Day in Oakland at, at the layover. And it's nice because it's like the the couples like just really come wanting a show. Okay. And like there's no like impress me. It's just because because you know with certain crowds it's like you have like a kind of asshole like impress me or like <laughs> it's, like especially actually if they don't pay a cover they they'll come even way more entitled if this it's a no cover show or it's yeah. like at the very least ten dollars like oh well it's you know 
So so it's, it's nice. It's just like they they're relaxed. They come in just ready, and then all the and especially me, like I do a lot of like relationship stuff. So that always it always works well. All right, all right. Yeah, I noticed uh, you have uh, a few. A few things about relationships, anyway. The five <laughs> fingers, which, uh, yeah. if you want, you can explain. I'm not trying to bait you into doing your set on the show. I can tell you how I came up with the bit, because I mean, I don't want to do it on, on air. I'll tell you how I came up with it. But yeah, I'm, I, I got to get my YouTube hits up somehow. I want them. I want them to go see you live instead of just hearing your absolutely, stand up on absolutely. a podcast. No, but no, okay. But the five fingers uh, bit is basically I was uh, I was uh, scrolling, swiping on a Tinder, Bumble. Okay. And I noticed like these girls, their bios were like really fucking demanding. It, it was like it was like, first off, swipe left if da 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 da. It's like yo, like we're we're here for a reason. Like we can only be so picky. You know? <laughs> that, was, that was my first thought, and then I was like, wow, like these girls don't not you know, like like a lot of the ones I'm seeing on the apps, and their chances are they're on the apps for a good reason. Yeah. As was I. If if you're <laughs> if you're on Tinder, you're probably not pulling in Mr. Right right there. You know? Oh no, Tinder's for uh, trash. Yeah, Bumble yeah. you get a little bit higher quality. Okay, know. okay. I, yeah. I gotta I gotta learn this stuff. Well, hey, I, I don't need to know I got a girlfriend I don't want to get in trouble, but You don't want to get in trouble <laughs> for knowing? This would actually like this would like help the two of you. Like you see this garbage that's out here, we gotta stay together. This is like Yeah would help knowing. Right, uh, yeah, so <laughs> be like, okay, this is what, this. let's play a game. This is what I could be with. <laughs> yes, and then it would be good for you to know, like, you know, this is what you could be with, guys, guys asking if you're down to fuck tonight. This is this is what's for you if you leave me. This. Yeah, the dude with the unibrow and the white beard being like DTF. Um. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, all right. So back to, back to how you got to, uh, to the five-finger bit. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was basically just... Uh, it was basically just saying like, wow, people like these women out here are, like really picky on this app. And then um, there was one time. This was like a funny thing that happened. I was out. I was out of the bar, and then this. But I was I was wingmaning for my boy. He was more into it than I was. And it was these uh, it was these black girls. It was uh, they were from St. Louis. Okay. Yes, I had that at St. Louis. <laughs> and we uh, he's going up trying to talk to them, and I'm just like I I'm just doing my wingman thing of like I don't want to be here, but I'm forced to be here. You know, and one girl comes up to me, and she's like, "Where'd you go?" I'm like, "Like, what'd you mean? Where'd I go?" He's <laughs> like, "Where'd you go?" I'm like, "You talking about college?" And then uh, she's like, "Yeah, yeah. Where'd you go? Where'd you graduate?" And then my man is like, "Yo, my dude, my dude, Lyle's a stand-up. Like, like, chill." And she, she, he's like, "So you ain't go nowhere? Bye." And then he says. He's been on Hulu, and then he's like, <laughs> whatever. And then I'm just thinking, like, not like that. That's a that's a big deal or whatever. And, but I'm just saying, like, that was just like, wow, these girls are like really picky, and they can be fucking rude. And I, I just yeah. think it's funny when girls are rude. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, who. Hulu's nothing to sneeze at. It's not necessarily, I don't know. I don't know how that rates compared to, like, say, obviously network television or Comedy Central. No, no, but it's still, not, it's a it's television credit, yeah. and they should they should recognize that hey, shit. Man, I'm, I'm not Cody Woods with Heart of the City, but, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Any, any television credit is a good television credit for yeah, what. But no, from, but, like, just that whole concept was funny to me. It's like we're all at a bar drinking. We're all adults that can afford our drink. And she she like went to some college like in the Midwest I had never fucking heard of Saint Holy Water University I don't know. 
Okay, okay. So I can kind of see where that came from. Yeah, so. it, was, it was, you know, that the apps and then just certain things. I'm like, wow, that's funny. And then that's how I got there. So since you mentioned it, let's talk about Hulu for a minute. Like, uh, how, how did you get set up with Hulu? How did you get on, uh, what was it called? Uh, Comedy, Comedy Time. time. Yeah. Comedy Time with Hulu. Yeah, it was basically, um, it was an older comic. I, I want to say it was Jason Wrestler, but somebody, somebody was like, yeah, yeah, hit them up. Um, and they record this sh- uh, show at the Ice House, and like it's like a clean five minutes. Okay, and you got to be approved by the Booker uh, Jan Smith. I don't know if Jan Smith is still there. And I made the mistake when I contacted Jan Smith. I thought Jan Smith was a woman. I was like, "Hello, Miss." I was like 22, 23 at the time, so I was very "Hello, Miss Jan Smith." You know, <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to get on. And uh, yeah, and then you know, I did my cleanest, uh, my cleanest seven minutes, and they pick and choose what they want, and you get you get some nice views and. Some kind of hurtful comments. Some nice comments. <laughs> <laughs> man, the comments, man. If you read them, they can be good or they can be bad. You got to take the good and the bad with kind of a grain of salt. But so Jan was a dude, right? Correct. Yeah, I actually went to school with a guy named Jan. He's actually been a guest on my uh, podcast before. He was. Uh, he's a manager of bands. So. Um, yeah. Now, now, when you send out emails to bookers, do you just put "dear so and so" or "hello so whatever your name is"? Uh, if I know their name, I will. If I if I know that, like, if I get it, and I usually get a name for like the gigs I submit to. I ninety nine percent of the time, I know their name now. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I send that clip. My veils, is, you know, all the, like that's the that is the standard uh, comedian looking for work booking requests it's like booking inquiry in the subject line and then hello and you say your name where you're from how many years you've been doing it maybe some credits to people you open for and then yeah clip and avails okay all right cool and so people know that aren't comics avails or availables are dates that you have open to perform so uh just throw that out there so you're not avails what is avails i don't know jesus um (laughs) getting all the inside baseball tonight yes all right so so you message the you message jan who was a dude at the ice house and then did you have to audition for the set or did he just look at like yeah, looked, the he, clip yeah, that you sent clip. for like a, like a five minute, ten minute clip or what? Yeah, it was a, a ten minute f- clip that uh, I had recorded at the Purple Onion, rest in peace. That was gone before I moved out here or shortly after I moved yeah. out here. So I never got to go, but I've seen like videos of people performing at Purple Onion. It looked really cool. I wish I could have seen it. It's good energy. Good energy. North Beach. But yeah, yes, yeah, so, yeah. So I sent that and... um. Yeah, I got the date, and it's, it's fantastic. It was, it was a good time. All right. I, I admittedly don't have Hulu right now. Uh, so Neither uh, do I. <laughs> I don't even watch Hulu. What's funny is, is the way I found out was multiple people told me they saw me on Hulu. Okay. That's all how right. I found out. So can you look it up on, like, uh, is it on YouTube right now? Can they find yeah, that set or yeah. whatnot? All right. So either so go out. So skinny and bright-eyed in that clip. <laughs> how how long ago was this? I can't even, 12, 13 maybe, 2012, 2013. Cool. So now you have been uh, touring around, opening up for some uh, some big names. I'll just read a couple of them. Paul Mooney, yep. Ali Wong, yes. and Todd Glass. Yeah. And I got to ask you a question. Was yeah. Ali Wong pregnant when you performed with her? No, no. This was... Are you the father? <laughs> <laughs> So you use the father of Tiger Woods. No, I don't. 
No, this was uh, this was actually right before she did uh, her set. Not even I don't right before her Jay Leno set aired. Okay. So that was and that was um. So back before Baby Cobra or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This was well before that. So this was uh, this was 2011, I want to say, and this was at a uh, Club Deluxe in the Hate. Okay. I wouldn't even say I, I opened for it. I was like, I would say I worked or hosted for it because I was there's a spot called Club Deluxe. It was a great room back in the day, ran by uh, Big Al Gonzalez, and like and you know famous comics would drop in from time to time. And it was on a Monday in the Hate. It was five dollars, and the show would run from like. 9 p.m. up until midnight and I would like oh, hang wow. out in the back hoping to get up and one night a bunch of people didn't show up and then got the word like okay Lyle you can host and I was host I hosted and then people dropped in and it was that was cool and it, like because I was like the first time in comedy it was I'm, I'm still like a little sorry I didn't get paid to, I worked like a really long time and I didn't get paid I'm a little sour about that <laughs> you know it's, I wasn't a year in though so so you know yeah, yeah yeah understandable yeah but uh that was like the first time I really felt kind of like, oh, wow, I'm really doing stand-up comedy. Because, okay. like, I'm with somebody that's about to be, and then I turn on Jay Leno the next night, and, like, there she is. Damn. So it's, like, a little thing like that. It lets you know, like, okay, this isn't that far away. Yeah. yeah. Even though, like, it's, it was really far away from the time where I was at. But it, it was like, okay, this this can be done. Yeah, so I another question about who you like open for, like Paul Mooney. What was that like? I actually met him uh, about homie, a homie. month back. I'm too real. I'm too real, homie. <laughs> homie, homie, please, homie. I'm too real. Yes, homie. That's that's Mooney right there. Material, material. Help me, help me. Yeah, that, that, that's Paul Mooney right there. Okay, homie, I'm too real. It, it's homie. it's real. It sounds yeah. like I just I'm not familiar with uh, that. I apologize. You met him. I I met him. <laughs> I met him. Um, you sure it wasn't briefly. a different old gay black man? <laughs> no, no, no. It was at Paul Mooney Presents okay, in yeah, uh, yeah, Oakland yeah. a couple months back. Uh, yeah. Past guest Cody Woods performed on performed on that and uh, went and checked out that show and then got to meet him afterwards. Unfortunately, he wasn't. He didn't perform. So Cody didn't perform? Oh, Mooney no, didn't no. Perform, Mooney man. didn't perform. Um, shout out Cody. That's my people. I love Cody. Yeah, shout out to Cody Woods. He's a good guy. I've, uh he was on episode six of Uncontained, and then uh, like thirty one thirty seven. So you know, been been checking Cody out for a while. Yeah. Um. So, but what was it like? What was it like? Like, how long ago was it that you opened for Mooney? I did it like twice. It was what end of twenty twelve, and I did some date in twenty thirteen. Okay. Yeah. He didn't perform at the Paul Mooney Presents show. He just like no, yeah, yeah, because so. yeah, he was like I'm. I mean, like a show like that is like a cash grab for Mooney because, like, he yeah. can put his name on it and then whatever comics sell he tickets wants, for like, twice as much as those comics would normally pull yeah, in. Yeah, and paid him twice and as then much as the comics <laughs> as the tickets he's selling for it. He's like, Paul Mooney didn't pay shit. Like, we had to. I did not enjoy that. Well, you know, I enjoyed it in the sense where, like, I'm opening for a legend. Yeah, but I didn't enjoy it in the sense where it's like you're performing. For, like, I had to fight. Like his nephew, I had to like we had to like damn near beg this nigga for like pizza and drinks and shit. That was that was like a little. But at the same time, it's like you get to say like you're asking me what was like the open for Paul Mooney. But at exactly. the same time, as a performer, you still kind of want that like what the fuck like. And that gives you a little exposure too that you wouldn't have, and also something else you could put in that. Well, something exposure? else you can put in that. Well, really. Okay, I'll put it this way. Maybe I feel not that exposure. Term is used too often. Maybe exposure. not exposure. Maybe okay, maybe yeah. not exposure, but it gives you uh, social cred. Like when you're yeah. like emailing a booker, be like, "Dear Mr. Jan, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, 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 that uh, is true. I open for true. Paul Mooney. I open for Ali Wong and uh, all that. So that you is know. true. And that's the unfortunate thing, though, about, about the business of stand-up comedy is that, like, a lot of shit is, is, um, is like, oh, well, you should just be happy to be here. Yeah. And that's, that's, like, the part of the business that I really fucking hate is the, like, you should be glad you're here. Yeah, yeah. So I, that, I think it's that way in a lot of, like, industries, like, music as well. Like, yeah. I, uh, I grew up with a lot of bands that opened for, like, national acts, and it's kind of like a lot of times they were, like, pretty much bringer shows. They had tickets they had oh, to yeah. sell in order to open for that band and got paid nothing for it except for what they sold in tickets. So, um, And some of them would just, like, pay the tickets themselves and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know what I I got I got 300 reasons why I should perform. Here's $300. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yep, just pay pay your way and then give away tickets to people yeah. coming in. So, you know, try to get people in the crowd. That's one definite way to do it. Um I do have a funny story though about Mooney though. Okay, let's I hear heard. a story about Mooney. This, this is what I heard. So, okay, so one, I actually did not talk to Mooney cuz I was like there was like in the in the booking email that was CC to me and like two two other two three other comics it was like you know uh be very careful with mr mooney uh the way you address him and everything and like that they told us like and i was like all right well i don't want to get kicked off the show so i'm not even gonna jeopardize that and then uh one comic he told me like he was like yeah I could. he was the guy to put me on the first time and uh leroy stanfield okay shouts out leroy but he he said uh, he went up to to Mr. Paul Mooney, and he said like, "How's it going, Mr. Paul Mooney? It's a it's a pleasure to open for you. You know, I, I really appreciate this. If there's anything you need, don't hesitate. If there's anything I can do for you, please let me know." And Paul Mooney said, "I have two words for you, young man." And he said, "Yeah, what? Hi, nigga, and bye, nigga." And he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a warm welcome right there. Yeah, uh-huh. I love that. That's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> and then one of my boys on the way out, he. Yeah, she can't. That was another thing that like kind of just pissed me off. And like a bunch of people, because it's comics, you get like a lot of, oh man, I'm gonna come out and see you. I'm gonna come out and see you. And a bunch of people that like never came out to see me when it was like free or ten bucks, like they came out when it was like forty dollars to see Mooney. Like, oh, I'm gonna come out to see you now. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. But <laughs> they came out. It was funny. One of my boys came to the show, and then he was he was outside, and then Paul. Was like, young man, young man, buy these shirts, buy these shirts. And he's like, oh man, I can't, I ain't got money. You know, I spent all my money on drinks. He's like, you're a broke nigga, get out of here. I don't want to be around broke niggas. It was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. And I saw Paul Mooney steal chips from a vendor. That was also really funny right before he got on stage. Really? He just stole chips he from like that? Chi- I mean, I guess it's not technically stealing, but the way he did it was really funny. Like, he just put some chips in his vest and walked away. It was very <laughs> funny. Oh man, but the uh, thing you were saying about like how your friends didn't come see you for ten dollars, but they come see you for forty with Mooney, it kind of goes back to what you were saying at the beginning of the episode, where like when we were talking about the Valentine show or whatever, when people pay nothing to get in into the show, they feel more entitled to yeah voice their opinion, maybe heckle a little bit, but when they actually pay solid money, they're like, okay, I pay for this, I better just sit back and enjoy this shit. Absolutely. That's that's why I pretty much just work out on free shows, because because uh, there's because the people that they come in and they're they're like, oh well, it's 
I could do that. I got jokes too. But you know, when you get and that's typically <laughs> the type of people that's like their their understanding of comedy is like very pedestrian. Like the typically when it's it's not, or it's even below pedestrian. But then you know when you get like people paying a cover, it's like it's either they know the comic or they're familiar with the venue and the comedy, or they just really want to see some comedy. Okay, so what do you mean by pedestrian or below pedestrian? Okay, that's a good question. Um, that's a great question. Is what I mean by that is you have these people where they don't realize one the the people that text during the show fuck them. <laughs> fuck te- like they say turn your phones off. You're sitting in the front row and you're texting during the show. You asshole. So that uh, that that's one level of it. People that just feel the need to like yell out things like so uh i was and then like interjecting and trying to add their little joke and trying to yeah get a joke off it's like dude throwing out their own shit. tags and shit like yeah, that yeah yeah stuff like that uh people at the shows that uh really just want to have very annoying conversations with you like that's <laughs> like i don't know if you picked that when you when you uh Excuse me. I don't know if you picked that up when, when you introduced yourself to me. I was like a little, I was a little on guard. Like, yeah, what's up? What's up? And I, then, I understand that, man. I understand that. Because I meet like a lot of idiots after shows, and like, and like, I am an idiot. One of them. I'm an idiot. Nah, uh, not the way that they are. Not the way that they are. <laughs> no, but I understand exactly what you mean. Because I worked for ra- I worked for a radio station for seven years. Okay. All right. I always have people coming up to me, uh, talking. Hey, do you remember me from this one moment that we met? And I was like, dude, you have to explain or something like that. Or tell asking me, hey, dude, why don't you play this on the radio station? Why do you play so much of this when I had no fucking control over it? But they <laughs> they come up to me and just rant at me or ask me random music trivia which believe it or not even like as as a rock station dj or any dj you have to know pretty much crap about all forms of music Mm. and because people ask you about playing that music even if you're not playing that music like like hip-hop uh people would ask me about country and i'd be i i got to know some of the stuff about country even though you know i don't wear nut huggers or a belt buckle the size of my forehead (laughs) uh but uh you know, I got to know some of that shit just because, you know, people ask me so many things and me being curious, I looked that shit up. But, yeah, you have that one person, especially drunk people, like after a show or whatever, coming up to you like, hey, man, hey, man, I listen to you on the radio. I, I, I listen I listen to your stand up on YouTube or something like that and just not making any sense. But in a way, though, in a way, once part of the reason why I started up this podcast Along with interviewing people who are interesting and getting advice for people looking to get started out, I kind of, honestly, after not having that, started to miss that shit. Uh, you, you missed annoying questions? Not necessarily annoying <laughs> questions, but like having a voice and being kind of recognized out in public a little That's bit. Insane. And, uh, you know, I moved from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where everywhere I went, some somebody knew me to out here so in like the, the bay area man in cedar rapids. what's that you were like the motherfucking man in cedar rapids i, I don't want to throw me up on that stats but people knew who i was i'll just say that i'll be I mean, modest cedar rapids, I'll be... it's not that hard to be the motherfucking <laughs> like, ashton kuchar's from cedar rapids who is ashton kuchar oh okay okay so kuchar. yeah <laughs> i never yeah. heard it said like that I, i'm sorry i probably said kind of canadian <laughs> kuchar eh yeah yeah yeah. No, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah 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 you were like the crusty the clown of Hey kids! Yeah, where it's like you're the guy on TV, it's like around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but people knew who I was. I wasn't like that status. But let's see. At this point, is there anything I haven't asked you that you wished I would have asked you? 
Yeah, but I'd probably ask you to bleep it out later. I'm like, I shouldn't have said that shit. It would probably just be like a bunch of venting and, and <laughs> <laughs> like, like, do we need that on uncontained? Do we need to be you that know, uncontained? Sometimes, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's necessary. But um, if you don't want to go into rant mode, it's all right. So the first part of this podcast, as I told you earlier, was about what you have going on, your story. Now, this second half is kind of to help the person who is looking to get started doing stand-up comedy or in the entertainment industry. Um, so what advice do you have for somebody who is maybe looking to get either started in stand-up or take that next step to start getting booked on shows? I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, like, if you want to do it, just write three minutes worth of jokes and bits, uh, you know. Even if you're telling stories up there, make sure you have jokes and, like, a solid structure if you just want to do it. And go to an open mic, go to a place that is an environment you would feel comfortable. Just do that and just keep going, like, once a week or whatever and, you know, see how you like it. All right. All right. So um, I I, I actually think doing it the first time is very easy. Because you meet so many people, like yourself included, they're like, you know, I did stand-up once. I did a little bit of stand-up. So everybody's done a little bit of stand-up. So just getting on the stage is the easy part. Coming back is the hard part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I did stand-up probably about three, four years so um, when I moved out here, I didn't quite fit in, like, fall into the scene yet. So that's part of the reason why I started what up this podcast. What do you mean fall into the scene? Like, I ended up, uh, you know, having a job where I was working past, like, when a lot of the uh, open mic nights were. Uh, yeah, 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 and yeah. then, like, I didn't, like, find my... Like, I didn't find a group. I didn't find, like, you know, I did a few open mic nights with Dirty Tricks. Like a social group? Not necessarily a social group, but I didn't feel like, you know, I was making any connections with how infrequently I was able to go. So what I decided instead is I'd start up this podcast and get to know some people and uh, make some connections. And then for when I was ready to start focusing on doing stand-up a little bit more... I'd have some people to uh, be like, hey, man, uh, can I get some stage time or something like that? Yeah. So and that that's getting closer and closer. I've been talking about it on this show for a while and I've been starting to write some stuff uh, recently. This is podcast really just a support group for you to do stand up. You got this. You got this. Like, yes. Yes. I need some pats on the back and shit. <laughs> uh, no, like a lot of what I want to do is this podcast yeah i want to do stand-up and also voiceover okay so those are the three things i want to do and eventually cut ties with a regular day job you know what what, what makes you want to uh go into that line of work well i show biz I'll, 101 this is how the fuck you take over a podcast yeah, yeah i'm being interviewed <laughs> now thank you thank you i shouldn't have asked you if you this had how the question. fuck you do it baby all right so i'll lay down on the couch and let you ask me some questions and it'll be like a therapy session but i've always wanted to get into the entertainment industry. i've been fascinated with stand-up my whole life yeah all right um back in the day when the only place you could see stand-up, how old are you? you said back in the day how old are you i am 38 mm. all right so back in the are day 10 when years older than me on the dot all right, all right. I, I, still, I still have my boy's charm, but <laughs> yeah, were you yeah. born eighty? April, April of nineteen eighty. Yeah. Okay, I was born in September nineteen ninety. So yeah. okay, all ten right. years on the cool, dot. Cool man, ten years on the dot. So uh, back in the day, you could really the only place you could find stand up besides occasionally on Comedy Central and A and E was Comic View. So I'd watch Comic View on BET like all the time just to see stand up. That makes sense now because you had like you had like some black comic like when you have black comics with stage names on 
yeah. I was like, well, this seems different. Like, this is... And I'm like, that makes sense, though, now. That, like, that you came up off of Comic View. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I listened to, like, the D.L. Hughley, D.C. Curry. Oh, D.L. Uh, cool Bernie shit. Mac. Yeah. Uh, all that shit growing up, along with uh, numerous others. But... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've just been a lover of stand-up comedy. I started in radio. I got I got into radio in college, and then through that, I got into doing stand-up comedy. I actually got a chance to get on stage, and my first show was in probably in, was probably in front of about 150 people. Your which first was comedy show? My first comedy show. Was that via? Where was that at? That was at uh, First Avenue Live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Was that? Did you get the spot? Because I know like a lot. Because I, I got a friend, Brian Moore. Who was he's he stopped doing stand up, but he was a good comic at the time he was doing it. But his first gig was actually was via him being on, on the radio. Okay. So was it that kind of thing where it's like you you open up from being like the kind of funny guy on the radio? So. In a way, yes. I'm not going to say it didn't open any doors for me. I met this guy, Don Trenagle. He's a stand-up comic. I interviewed him on my uh, radio show. And um, he actually came out to uh, this bar in Cedar Rapids called Tornadoes. And I typically hate karaoke. But the way the way I make karaoke interesting to me is I do impersonations of say Arnold Schwarzenegger and Christopher Walken doing songs. Uh, so like for example, like I did like Purple Rain split up between those two. Like yeah, so it's like yeah, I never meant to leave you crying standing in the purple <laughs> rain and then yeah, and I don't remember enough of the lines from that song to go into it. But I'll wrap this up quick so we can get back to you. But uh, he, he ended up, like, in my uh, per impersonations of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I told him I wanted to do stand-up. And he was like, well, I'll give you a chance to do stand-up if you want. You know, we, I got the show, First Avenue Live. Uh, you can come open up for it. It's in, like, um, it's in like three weeks. So I was like, right there, my, like, heart kind of, like, sunk down. Like, oh, shit, this is real. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So what I ended up doing is I kind of stole from my radio show, like the jokes I'd made on the radio show, and put them in front of people. Uh, so I'd make fun of bands. I'd make fun of artists on the radio. And uh, when a song was whiny, I'd make fun of them. So I kind of took what I did on the radio, which I didn't necessarily know if people were laughing at, were finding funny, and ended up throwing that on stage in front of people. And once I got that first laugh, it was like, hell yeah, dude. Would you say you had a good set that first time? <laughs> it felt like it looking back at it it's like okay that was a little rough i was like yeah. pacing back and forth you know and Doing the chris rock thing in a way yeah that was like, what i did when i first started i did the pacing thing yes yes and then, I, and then it's like no you look nervous when you do it because you're like performing in like a, a bar at 6 p.m at an open mic it's like chris is at the apollo like this but I yeah know. yeah you can you can uh, still hear though the radio in me because I hear like right now. with yeah. radio um any dead air is bad air. Like, so, like, I'd be talking really fast. I'd be, like, talking, like, uh, okay, so I got this joke in order to just rush and never taking a breath in between and just going through my set and talking, 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 talking. But, uh, you know, this isn't even really what my radio voice was. Um, I didn't have the over-the-top radio voice, but I definitely had a different voice. But we got on stage. I did my set. And, um, yeah, it, it actually went really well. People laughed. And but looking back at it, like I could definitely tell a difference from my first time doing it and a couple of years in, you know. Yeah. So, what was your first time like? Yeah, man, my first time doing stand up, it was, it was surprising. I got up at this place because I had these friends that were, um, that were rappers. Okay. And what they would do was, uh, 
It was this place. It, I, I think they still do it. It's a uh, Starry Plow in Berkeley. Okay, I'm, I, I, I buy my weed place. across the street from there now. But anyways, uh, no, yeah, but yeah. So like they would go there and like because they they because you know a lot of like these mixed open mics like no rap music. So they would do like these spoken word poems about killing people and <laughs> <laughs> act like it was spoken word poetry. Like, no, no, this isn't rap. It's poetry. Yeah, it's like I have more money than you. Bitch, I will kill a snitch. <laughs> it was that type of shit, right? And then they're like, "Yo, man, you should do comedy." And I was like, "Yeah, fine, fuck it, why not?" And um, this was September 2010. I just turned 20 years old, and I got on stage and I was doing my little impressions or whatever, and it was kind of and especially like even now, still like a music stage is way bigger than. Your typical comedy stage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so I was up there, like so the stage, though very 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 fucking big. So I'm you, up there just trying to do jokes, and it's like not working the way. You know, some stuff is hitting, some stuff is missing, and then um, at one point, this is when the Hangover came out. Around okay. Or like a little after that, so I had like a shirt of when Zach Galifianakis had like the the white baby, the little baby strapped to his chest. Yeah. I had like a shirt that was of that. Okay. And then one dude in the crowd yelled out, "Why do you have on? Why you got on a? Uh, why you? Why do you have a white baby on your t-shirt?" And I said, "Because I'm taking care of your kids, motherfucker." And then like the <laughs> whole place went great. Like, oh shit! And then I was like, "Oh my god, I'm a comedian!" Like, <laughs> and then I and then I went back the next week and bombed. And and I didn't really know where to find comedy open mic, so I kept going there. And I made the mistake. I said, "I took a girl that I liked there." And uh, I bombed horribly, and it was, and she didn't really see me after that. And it was, I, I'm ninety uh, percent sure it was because of that. But I was, it's like I can't be with somebody that bombed. Yeah, finger number one. Where'd you go to college? <laughs> finger number two. <laughs> oh my god, this is, this is funny. Right on, man. Right on. So, what was it that kept you getting back up on stage uh, after you bombed? I honestly felt like, because like when I started, I was, uh, I made, I only got up. To, Two times a week. I got up on Tuesdays at New Parish, which at the time before, this was like right before Oakland got like really gentrified, 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 gentrified. Right? So it's still, it was like a cool black urban spot. Like it, because you go to New Parish now and like the bathrooms are like disgusting and it's like they got like uh, the dubstep nights uh, like on Wednesdays okay. and it's, you know. But at the time it was like some fly kind of felt like some LA black shit. Like where it's like, it felt like some low key ditty shit when you walk in there, and so so you had like that type of crowd. Then I would do the brainwash, was like kind of more hipster, white SF, and I'd do both of those places. And there was a time where I was like back and forth. I was like I bomb at one and then do well at the other, and then I was I was like a, a sports team that was like a five hundred team. Okay, and then basically just wanting to get the both of them was the one thing that kept me going back. So so the other thing that kept me going back was I just really felt like I had something and I felt like I had, and I was just like, okay, I know my execution is off, but I know like if I get, cause I know like my theories and what I'm saying is funnier than what they have to say. And I got more to say about the world than they do, but I'm just not doing it the right way. Yeah. So that was, and then just staying the course was what did it. And then I stayed the course and you know. Say things worked out. Right on, man. Right on. So, um, like, what are you doing right now to promote yourself? Anything specific with social media? Anything I mean, I outside mean, the box? Question. So, so you say like promote yourself? It's like, 
either I'm, either to people like an audience or actually to clubs as well. There's, oh, I, I mean, know there's I mean, two different clubs, sides. Well, clubs don't work. It's just emails. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because it's funny you you say that, and like this is something I'm also tie this in with something you said earlier. Is you say like promote yourself? One thing I'm not about, and I think it also I'm not about promotion for the sake of promotion. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a fan of like if you don't have content. I'm kind of like like for you promoting yourself that makes perfect, perfect, perfect sense. But for me, it's like I'm not really about promoting yourself when there's like when there's like really no content to be had. Like I was having a con- I won't say the name, but I was having a conversation with a comic, and like they do. And I've had this conversation with a few comics actually. It's like where they're into like the Instagram sketches and all that stuff, but they can't stand on stage for more than twenty minutes. Yeah. So what's the point? Like, what's the point in you know twenty thousand followers if you can't be funny on stage for twenty minutes? So fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And then, and then to unless you're promoting in, yourself as a sketch comic. Yeah, but thing. That, that's not their but, ultimate goal. Their yeah. goal is to do the sketch comedy to promote that them actually being on stage. Okay. Where if, where if it was the other way around, if they were just strictly doing that, I'm like, yeah, keep doing your thing. But if your goal is to, like, really be a stand-up stand-up, you know, I, I think, like, because my thing is I don't want to bombard people if I don't really, if I don't have a project to serve you with, I don't want to be in your face all the time. Okay. Like, I like if I don't have an album, a big show, like, like this New Year's, like the New Year's Eve show coming up, I'm going to be, in, I'm going to be in motherfuckers' faces for New Year's Eve show. But All right. Do you do something to kind of stay in their mind, uh, grow your following a little bit online? Or, like, so when you do have something to promote, you have somebody to promote it to? Uh, that's interesting. I really, do, I really just talk my shit. I mean, okay. not, not, not to sound arrogant or anything, but because I feel, because I definitely have, like, like, you're going to have some people listening to this, like, this guy's an asshole. A fan of me, me, is, are you really a fan of Lyle Barron's is... You are here just to hear, like, you're, you're around for my take. Like, so if you're okay. with me on Facebook, if you're with me on Twitter, you're, or you're with me on Instagram, you're really around for, like, my take on what's going on in the world today, this week, some random stuff I thought of. That's what you're here for. You're, like, you're really here around for my philosophy. Like, my audience is not people that, you know, want to see me, like, in a car doing some crazy dance to a rap song that's out. That's okay. not, like... Like, the people that like that stuff, they don't even fuck with me. The people that like my stuff, like, here in philosophy, like, oh, you brought up the five fingers, because I yeah. guess you can say it's a signature bit of mine now. Yeah. You know, the people that really rock with me, like, they want to hear, like, my take on, like, what's your A to Z? That's the people that like. They don't want, like, some fast food comedy. All right. All right. So the way I was taking it at first was, like, that you only promote or on social media when you have something to promote. But you still have a presence well, on a social media. You're, like, uh, just posting, like, your take on things throughout. Not necessarily yeah, saying, yeah. go take my – go see my show. But you're like, dude, I saw this one thing happen, and uh, this is my take on that Yeah, because, I mean, my thing is, like – and without sounding, like, pretentious, is, like, I really feel, like – I'm, like, really more of an artist than, like, a, I'm trying to... Not like I don't want to be... Not like I would shun being famous and having money and all that good stuff. Yeah. But my thing is, like, I don't... Like, I like the cake, but I don't give a, I don't give a fuck about the icing. You know? Like, I don't really <laughs> care about... 
I don't really care about all the, all the likes and all that other because like the people that rock with me rock with me like that's what is more appealing to me. Right on, right on. So you're going after those loyal fans, yeah, and like, not just the like, uh, people peeping in the windows, window shopping. Because you know what is with, with a lot of comics is I feel like a lot of comics just secretly want to be rappers or DJs or party promoters, <laughs> and they just want to be liked, and they don't they don't have a fucking thing to say. Like they just want to be at the they want to be at the cool kids quote unquote table. They want to be at the adults, but they don't really have like oh this is my take on this. This is my A to Z. This is my philosophy. They just want to be you know without. Not talking shit about because some of these people I'm talking about are my friends. No, no, but, that's very interesting, dude. Yeah, because it's it seems like a lot of comedians want to be musicians, and a lot of musicians actually want to be comics. Like because like if you go see like a punk show or something like that, um, they crack they're always making shit. jokes. They crack jokes on stage. They always try to be funny. Uh, even some like uh, like. Rappers, metal singers, and yeah. everything like that even try to make jokes on stage. Some of them are funny, some of them aren't. I saw this thing. It was um at the you know you know the very unfortunate Vegas shooting, and I saw there yeah. was um there was like some band. I I saw like some headline and like it was like some band like cracked the joke at like the expense. And it, the joke was something to the effect of like, well, hey, it, those people were country fans, so it's couldn't be all bad and like that was a uh, joke that would like obviously some bad taste and like you shouldn't have said that but that's like an open mic like that's a, like a frustrated open micer right there like <laughs> the guy that said that yeah that's the yeah. guy that wants to do comedy exactly exactly that's going for that shock value which yeah. I, I didn't i did my share of that but i also tried to make it clever if i if i did the shock value i tried to make a clever turn to it or if I did a dick and fart joke, I'd try to make a clever uh, turn to it. But, you know, I understand exactly what you're saying right there. Um, now, all right, so you basically promote yourself when you have something big going on. Um, what would be something that would be a highlight? That's Because for me, it's like, the times on stage is like well, w- without sounding like all corny and sentimental, it's like they're they're like my children. Like, <laughs> Whereas like every time is different, so it's like I could tell you about the time. Like there's one show uh, I did where it's like we went all the way out to it was like Redlands down and like I like I the I E Orange County like the the Inland Empire is very boring. It's just it's it's like San Jose in the desert for miles. Okay. Yeah. But I did some, like, it was, like, this mixed open mic, and it was, like, a campfire, and it was, like, a little campfire around, kind of, like, we're, we're around a fire, and but it was, like, this huge fire pit, and then people go up, they do a guitar, they actually allowed rap music, it, it was everything, and I went up, and I did, like, my first really legit 20 minutes for the first time, and, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was, a good, and I was just performing for a bunch of artists, and, like, two of my comic friends, but that was a moment where I'm, like, wow, that was, so, so for me, it's, like, the, I don't really think like i performed for like 500 people in theaters i've opened up for like these cool people and these cool names and for me it's like it's like this it's not just the stuff that happens on stage it's like the whole experience with it where i'm like oh that was a good time okay all right cool so it's more about the show than the actual like individual show yeah because i mean i mean like it's like i have good sets like a lot of the fucking time like so so having like a good or even like a great where it's like oh it's applause breaks and you did this and you did that it's like that's because there were shows where it's like I've I destroyed it, 
Yeah. Like, I've, I had to show, like, there's a clip on YouTube with this guy yelling out, killing! Like, I've, I've had those types of sets. And then after the show, like, I'm, you know, I'm on, like, the train or at the airport just kind of say, like, okay, well, what? And just feeling kind of somewhat unfulfilled or whatever. Just, like, too by yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, things like that. Like, they're cool, but. So, like, you know, I've kind of experienced that as well. Like, the super high from the show. Well, that's how you get jaded, too, stage. as a comic. What's that? That's how you get jaded as well as a comic. It's like, and I, I'm guilty as this, uh, definitely. I talked about this with Cody as well. Uh, about how, like, because Cody works the road a lot, too. And yeah. I've done my fair share of road work. Not, not as much as him, but because I'm, like, eight years in. You have, you reach a certain point where you're just kind of, like, Okay, another show. And and this is what I want to bring back when you said like the thing about exposure is yeah. a lot of people and th- a lot of people will try to get like comedians, musicians, whoever, DJs to like perform for like nothing, bullshit. And they'll be like, Oh, mm-hmm. it's great exposure. Who the fuck is the exposure for? Is some execs from NBC gonna be in the front row? Oh, well it's people. They might follow you on social media. Real and what the fuck are they gonna do for me? Get the fuck out of here with exposure, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that so that's how you can kind of get jaded. It's like you go, through, especially as a stand-up comic, because like we're different than like musicians and even DJs in the sense where like we perform like every night if we want to, but like we yeah. perform a lot. All right, all right. So when somebody does come and see you perform, all right, uh, comes out to your show, whether it's the ten dollar show or the forty dollar show with uh, Paul Mooney, um, what <laughs> where is it I don't that, get paid? Yes, where, where you don't get paid, but they pay more to see you. Yes, I, <laughs> yeah, the right. the beauties of show business. Right? I don't know, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what is it that you want your audience to remember and take away from your show? That's a good. You know, it's changed over the years. Okay, that's interesting. In the in the beginning, it was. That's a bad motherfucker right there. It was like, in the beginning, my goal, and this is how I think I got like to be above average as a comic. I'm, I don't want to say I'm great, but above average. Okay. Is my goal was, I want you to forget about every comic you saw before me, and you're going to see after me. Okay. That's my goal in the beginning. And then, but to do that, and there are a lot of comics to do that, but I feel to do that type of comedy, like, I was doing a lot of generic shit. Like, I was doing a lot of impressions. I was I like I was doing shit that was I don't want to say hack, but it was yeah. easy. It was easy. So do you do you view impressions as hack? No. Or, well, okay. um, that's interesting. I feel like it's how you go about doing them. Like okay. I feel like if you go like you know imagine Al Pacino at the DMV, like yeah that's hack. But if like you find like the way to me like the most creative way impressions were ever done was Eddie Murphy on Delirious. All right. Like he the way he did that was. Mm. Mwah, bar none. Yeah, I wish he. I wish he was still doing stand-up comedy, man. And you know, he's gone just uh, just movies now. I I wonder what he would be like if he actually put out like was able to put out a stand-up special now, or would he be able to after not doing it for so many years? I've had that thought about Eddie, and what's funny is because Eddie's like one of my you know all-time favorites. Of course, is. I like because I'll watch Eddie on like a Jay Leno or like a letter. Like I'll watch him on the couch. And he'll low key be doing bits. So like when he got the the award at the Kennedy's Kennedy Center honors, and he did like the whole Bill Cosby thing. It's like Hannibal Buress, I'm going to kill that nigger. And like he was like really <laughs> doing it. He did like a whole thing as Cosby. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I because I, I feel like Eddie does bits just hanging out and like I was. I don't know if you saw this picture. It's on Instagram. It's this 
It was a dinner with Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, Dwayne Wade, Gabrielle Union, Eddie Murphy, Usher, and uh, I don't know, three other famous black people. And not as famous because I can't remember them. And <laughs> Must not be. Yeah, right? And then they asked, like, how the dinner was, and Chris and both Kevin said, Eddie was funnier than anybody at the table. And, like, I'm, really? I hear that, like, Eddie Murphy is hilarious. Like, in, like just hanging out. We're like, if, if the shit that you said, because I heard, I heard that about, like, Michael Jordan. Like, man, if you think what Michael Jordan did in that game was amazing, you should have saw what he did in, in a scrimmage. If you saw what he did in practice, da 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 It's nothing like what he did in the game. And I'm like, wow, like, imagine what, like, Eddie Murphy just kicking it. Like, if he was just kicking it with us, like, it's cold as shit. Like, it just, if Kevin Hart said that and Chris Rock said that, that has to be pretty impressive right there yeah. because like I w- when I was interviewing Cody just a couple weeks back he was talking about Kevin Hart and how he is always on and some people need a spark to be funny he just creates funny so well with, he was funny kicking it yeah with wow. Kevin Hart like he's like Kevin Hart is always on he's like he just is funny that's Kevin Hart with him saying that about Eddie Murphy still that's that's kind of impressive right there yeah one thing I find interesting about is you know Eddie Murphy has only had two drinks in his life what that's what he said he said he Eddie because I saw an interview he said you know I've only had because you know I, I had a father that was an alcoholic the, the two drinks I had in my life was uh I remember on trading places I actually got in a fist fight with the director and Arsenio got me drunk and then the other time was I had a flight and there was problems with the plane. It was a storm. I, I I had some drinks in and I got drunk. I only had drinks two times in my life. Really? I don't know how true that is. You know, but wow, that that that's but interesting. I I, I I didn't necessarily. I, I would have thought like back in the delirious and raw days, he was like just getting like drunk all the damn time. Uh, you yeah. know, performing shows. He just had that party atmosphere to him, that party persona. But I think it was pussy for Eddie, though, honestly. Because yeah. I mean, you got to think, like, he was, Eddie was, like, the first, like, black superstar we had that was not through music. Okay. Because every other black superstar we had, like, up until then, it's like, what? It was, uh, it was like, either, like, before before that, like, let's look at all the black superstars we had before Eddie Murphy. It's like, Richard Pryor, you know. I was going to ask, Pryor what about Pryor? Pryor and Cosby were superstars. You know, I think. You know, Pryor had like what a forty million dollar deal with uh, Universal, something like that. Uh, you know, Pry- uh, Cosby definitely, and he he even took it further. I think after Eddie, like when he, with the Cosby show, I think Bill took it further. But before that, it's like who are our black superstars? O.J. Simpson, <laughs> you know, he's a superstar. Okay, uh, yeah. Well, you had sports superstars, yeah. Yeah, but uh, O.J. was really the first. Like O.J. was before Dr. J. and Michael Jordan, though. O.J. Yeah. was the first black superstar. But that's that's why Eddie's great though, because like Eddie was the the first. Also, in my opinion, Eddie Murphy was the first like black actor that talked regular. Because before that, you had Sidney Poitier that was like, they call me sir, and then you had like, yeah, I'm JJ Walker, motherfucker. And on Good Times, and like Eddie was the first guy that was just kind of like a regular ass black dude. Okay, so it was either like really proper, like Sidney Poitier, or like you know. Uh, JJ Walker and Dynamite, like, yeah, jive. like jive talk. Yeah, you jive shit. turkey. Like yeah, that yeah, shit, yeah. You know? And Eddie was like the first guy that, like, really. I mean, Eddie's. I feel like Eddie Murphy's really a national treasure. Even Eddie said when he met Barack Obama, Barack Obama said, 
uh, I have an executive order. I need you to do more stand up. Like, so everybody, <laughs> everyone was I agree back. with that executive order, damn yeah. it. You know, and I will like, I do like to compliment you on your Eddie Murphy impersonation and even your Barack Obama right there. Thank that you, was pretty you. good. So I'm, I like to, you know, give credit where credit's due. See, see, that's the thing about me with stand up is like, I, because I started out doing impressions, but I always felt like I had, and like comics that like really, really like my shit will be really like, why the fuck are you doing impressions? You're smart. You have so much to say. Do you have other comics that'll be like, dude, your impressions are great. And, and audience members, obviously. Man, yeah. like, your impressions are great. So it's like, that's the thing. I would say that's like my biggest struggle as a performer is like, I do this one thing really well where it's like, okay, I do the impressions and I know I can get the applause breaks. But then at the same time, like, I have these opinions about the world and these things to say. And not to say I'm right, but yeah. I speak freely. I'm uncontained. Hell yeah! Drop that bomb. No, <laughs> Mic drop. Right? No, but 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 it's like I'm I'm uncontained. I'm very honest, and it it's very because like both those. I mean, I think I do it well for the way I do it, but I think when you have like these very strong opinions about the world, and then you just kind of like are doing cartwheels and being impressive for for the audience, was it's kind of yeah, hard it, to choose. It's kind of kind of the I guess the dilemma is being between being a comics comic. And an audience comic or finding the line between so. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Yes, yes. And for me, it's like I never I never got the appeal of being like an audience comic because like I have – because like w- within the Bay Area – in L.A. I'm well liked, but to it, you know, I would say enough. But in the Bay Area, like I'm, I'm by far the darling for comedy even though I outperform a lot of these motherfuckers. But – they are very, very about being a comics comics. And, like, I would say a lot of... Not actually, interesting enough, not the people you've had on your show. Okay. Nobody you've had on your show, I'm speaking about. But a lot of, like, the pe- the comics you find in, like, the deep SF, they perform for the back of the room. They don't perform for the front of the room. So what do you mean by that? So I would say perform... Like, the back of the room is typically where the comics stand. And, like, the, the comics are in the back of the room. Okay. And then... You know, audience is actually front, middle row, and so on and so forth. So you have a lot of, I would say a lot of, and like there are plenty of fantastic comics out of San Francisco, but you have a lot of comics that like, they're kind of more about like, let me impress my peers. Okay. And then I feel like, this is what's interesting. This is what's interesting. Especially about comedy in the Bay Area, because I feel comedy in the Bay Area is way more segregated than any scene I've ever seen. Like how so? Like uh, uh, racially, or like hipster wise, or racially to an extent, genre wise. Racially to an extent, but more genre wise. Okay. So I would say, man, I wish Cody was here right now. He would love this. (laughs) (laughs) We had this conversation, but I would say, yeah, definitely racially wise, but more so. But even more so, I would say style wise, because I would say. You have, like, SF is, let me be clever, let me have the journalists and the publications like me, which is smart. You do want to have yeah. the, the media and all that shit on your side. Like, you know, just look at our president. But <laughs> they will. They are more like, all right, I want to impress my peers. I want to be, be in good standing with my peers. Whereas, like, if you look at the guys, like, you know, more the black comics that typically have stage names and nicknames and shit. They are more about, I want to impress the fucking audience. I don't care if this is kind of like, if Bernie Mac kind of already did this shit. 
my goal is to make the crowd go fucking crazy however that I do it. If I've got to bring out props, if i got to do fucking cartwheels while doing the hula hoop, I will do whatever it takes to rock that motherfucker. Like, that's what you'll find with more of the black and Latino. And a few of the white comics are kind of more, you'll find it like a Tommy T's, uh, Laughs Unlimited, and, yeah. and whatnot. Like, whereas in San Francisco, it... It's like as I said earlier, and I've always felt like I've always felt like out of place doing comedy out here because I'm always like, yeah, I want to be impressive, but then I also want to say some real shit, and I still want to be creative, and I've always felt like I'm very in the middle. Okay, of all, that. all right, so because I can rock both, like I could like do some hood shit, and at the same time, I could perform for like some nerdy ass techies that like are like you know fresh out of college and you know fresh into the real world and i can like rock both equally as well but i'm not either of their darling where it's like and this is like back to what you said what i do to promote myself is i feel like if you fuck with me like you fuck with me for my take on stuff because i'm not like i'm not a genre comic okay i don't uh, fuck with genres it, that's a whole interesting like dilemma there between pleasing the crowd pleasing other comics because pleasing other comics can get you other gigs but pleasing yeah. the crowd can get you money you know yeah um like if you just pleased comics if you're it's in a way it's kind of like uh some of the like citizen kane type movies in a way mm. that pleases the critics yes um, yes you know where like, oh let me and put then on citizen kane. and then there's like um you know just the action movies like die hard or some like uh gone in 60 seconds or or something yeah. like that you know that pleases the crowd those those are the ones that like the critics hate but they still do good at the box office yeah. even though there's no real you know and i don't i don't want to say depth to them but you can turn your brain off watching Die Hard. You can't turn your brain off watching Citizen Kane. Exactly, exactly. Die Hard provides an escape. Citizen Kane provides like who the fuck is Rosebud? Now, now, now see to make that. It, I love that analogy you made. By the way, that was great. Thank you. I feel like I'm like the Goodfellas of comedy, where it's like I love that movie. It's great. I was watching it last night, you know, and and where like I feel like okay, I got that like pop shit, and I could like get y'all going quick, and like I know the quick spots, but it's like. I'm gonna need my time. I'm gonna need my time. Well, I'm gonna need my time. I'm gonna need my take my time to get into it. And I'm like, I'm not just about like saying some instant shit that you guys will like. Here's my thing with comedy. All right, let's hear this. Is there's a thing where they say, oh, a good comic will say what everybody's thinking, and you know, but won't say. Yeah, fuck that. My thing is, I want to say what everybody's feeling. But cannot articulate. Okay, that's what uh, I like. That that's that is different. It sounds kind of the same, but yeah, yeah, it, I can definitely feel a difference. Okay, l- in that. let me ask you this, honestly. Did you think I was an asshole when you met me? Actually, no, I didn't. Okay, like I knew you were getting ready to do a show. You were busy. I since I've been in like quote unquote the entertainment business or whatnot. I've uh, hosted shows. I've done stuff like that. I understand your minds in a different place oh, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted a few quick words with you to throw out, hey, plant the seed. Hey, I have this podcast. I'd love to have you on and all that good shit. But no, I didn't think you were a dick, maybe because I understood. But I don't know, maybe somebody else who isn't necessarily in the entertainment you know, industry. You a good podcast too. Cause like I've done podcasts before, and like that was why it took so long to hit you up, and I was reluctant because I've done podcasts, 
and like the motherfuckers just end up talking about themselves and their theories in the world. I'm like, you're just looking for a platform to interview yourself, nigga. And <laughs> excuse. But like, you actually ask questions, and it's you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't interview people that I have no interest in. Or if there's been some times where I've like, you I've, interview I've, people you don't think are talented, but not. Yeah, I'll be I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah. There's been some guests that I've had where it's like, okay, I need a guest. I'll take this guy. Yeah. But it's my job. It's my job as to a make host it interesting. to find something interesting about that person and bring it out. So, you know, it's like I – now I'm talking about myself. I'm being that dick you're talking about. No, no, about, no, but this but is like <laughs> – no, this is, this is my shit, though. This is my fucking shit, right? Where's podcast dropping soon? No, but <laughs> my, shit, right? my shit is I really like, especially like if you see me live and like if I'm doing like 40, 30, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. It's like I really talk and I like, I like having a dialogue. I like I like a certain honesty because I feel like there's there's a lot of humor and honesty with, that I feel like a lot of people don't. Because like I was talking about and again, like not shitting on other comments, just saying. I don't do what most of those guys do. Not yeah. that I'm better. I don't do what those guys do. And I feel like everybody is... Because I feel the best comedy is connection. The best art... Fuck that. Fuck comedy. The best art is connection. And you get the best art when you can like really... And I feel like that's the beauty of stand-up comedy. Is because at its worst, it can be cheap as fuck. And then at its best, it can be better than anything in the world. Especially live. And my thing is like I like we're having this dialogue and like that's just like my live show. It's like I like when I can really like I did this one set. I said um cuz it was on my mind. I don't know if you were at the <laughs> show, but I said um it was something like why is it that white dudes and non-black dudes ask their girl if they've ever been with a black dude. And then from there a very beautiful hilarious dialogue was started between me and the audience and it was it was great and to me it was like in my mind it's like that's what stand-up comedy should be i think i know why it is because no no, because they want to prove that once you go black you never go back is false Uh, okay (laughs) no i'm I'm kidding i've never actually asked that i've never asked that but like i like it just brought me back to this one uh went to this comedy show and somebody you know came up to me because i was like the one white dude in the crowd and was like nobody says bro anymore how did like they say brah you know i'm gonna try try to say it with me then they asked my girlfriend to do it she's like brah and uh you know, and then she's like, "Oh, the guy's like, you've obviously been with a black dude before." And like, <laughs> I thought about this a couple minutes later. Unfortunately, I wasn't right on it. I was like, "Well, then, obviously, once they go black, they never come back. It ain't true." Like, I was like thinking that in my head because, like, I'm That's Italian, so, so it's like You're once Italian? they go, yeah. No, what are you so comfortable with black? That makes sense now. But I thought of a cool one for Italian. You know, yeah. once they go black, they never come back. Once they go wop, you don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Once you go Mick, you stick. You know, <laughs> shit like that. Wait, so, are you Irish? I'm just, I'm just a wee bit lad. Are you are you Irish enough to say Mick? Uh, you know, according <laughs> to okay, I haven't done the twenty three and me myself, yeah. but my brother has done it, and he was way more Irish than we thought. So, um, I'll, I'll have to do that. Do you guys have the same like mom and dad? Yes, we do. Okay, okay. so we theoretically, theoretically, we should have the same DNA. But I've always had the thought like. 
does one sibling have more, say, Italian than the other has more, like, like uh, the Irish was or whatever? Like a little fucked up. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe one night it was a little to the left, one night it was a little to the right. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, just the thoughts that go through my head. Lyle, you're mentioning you kind of walk the line between being a comics comic and an audience comic. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you do particularly that maybe that you focus on or actually consciously, unconsciously do to uh, get what you want to cross? Honesty. I mean, I mean, because like the easy, the easy thing for me to be would, the easy thing for me to say would be like, oh, I don't give a fuck, blah 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 blah, it's whatever. Yeah. But really, just like. Do I believe what the fuck I'm talking about? Okay. So that's it's really important for me to believe. Because, I mean, the thing is, like, sometimes I don't feel like telling jokes. Sometimes I don't have anything to say. Really? Yeah. Sometimes that's the case. And, and what do you do in those nights where you don't have anything to say? Well, you know, you still do your act. And, like, you still, like, if, if you know, you committed to a show or you're getting paid or whatever, like, you still get up and you, you, you do, like, the rest of most Americans like you do your fucking job but (laughs) (laughs) yeah so those days are kind of how in those days are kind of how I I feel like a lot of comics can get jaded and go through the motions okay is 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 through that but it's like you know you you got to find like a new challenge or something to make it interesting to you and you know it can all work out but um no but yeah yeah that's the thing though is like I don't really like forcing jokes like even here I don't want to like there was like a bunch of opportunities where i could have made like a little quip and i'm like no let's not do that you know i actually learned that in high school kind of the hard way you know i learned like if you either wait too long to tell a joke or you're like okay i gotta fit a joke in here um what what could be what could a good joke be they typically always fall flat it's more the stuff where you go timing and without a filter that uh make things funny a little advice to somebody who's like trying to be funny in person if you have to take the time to think is this funny it's not going to be funny by the time you say it yeah you just just gotta say this shit i mean obviously for stand-up it's different you yeah, know. you write your stuff for stand up, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm I'm talking about situationally yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you want to be funny amongst your friends, like if you're thinking something, say it. Absolutely. Um, like you may have the filter going off, is this too offensive? That's fine. That that's kind of a good thing to have. But <laughs> and, like amongst friends, like if you can like where I'm from, you can call your friends dickheads and assholes and whatever and it means you like them. Um. Yeah, but, that sounds like Cedar Rapids. Yep, that is Cedar Rapids right there. Not Come here, the you Coast. fucking asswipe. <laughs> it's like, that is definitely not Bay Area shit. No, Bay Area, you actually have to act like you like people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yes, if you want to be funny, say it when you think it. If you wait too long, it won't be funny. So I actually only have like really one more question for okay. you. Uh, but first of all, where can people find you? On uh, the World Wide Web. Uh, what is your corner of the internet? Well, LyleBarons.com does exist. L-Y-A-L-L-B-E-H-R-E-N-S.com. But I don't really uh, I don't really update that that often. Just for the simple fact that um, most people check social media more than actual yeah. websites. Yeah, yeah. So what, what are your social handles? 
basically my name and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, that's, that's the best way to, yeah. But but if you want to see the show that I run and, like, you're in the Bay Area, it's, you know, laughcity.co. Com was too expensive. Okay, is that the one that's at uh, the layover, correct? We are there first and last Tuesday, fifth Tuesdays when there is one. That shit is free. Happy hour before the show. Second and fourth Saturdays, fifth when there is a Saturday. $15 online and $20 at the door. Okay. The difference in the show, people go, oh, well, well, how come we one's free on a weekday and one is more expensive on a Saturday? Is it just because of the days? Well, that's part of it. The other thing <laughs> is uh, the comments are just better, and I try harder on a Saturday. On Tuesday, I work out new material. Okay. I just say shit on All a Tuesday. Right. And for people who are asking, in bars, people are trying to get people in the doors on weekdays. And on the weekends, they don't really need to try that hard to get people in the door. Correct. So they can actually charge money. It's just business. Absolutely. Um, so, That's good yeah. business. Yeah. So just take a business class, figure it out, and then go see a fucking comedy show. Go to All Merritt right. College. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, the one the one uh, commercial I find funny is Universal Technical Institute. And they refer to it as UTI. Urinary tract infection. That's basically <laughs> what their college stands for. That's funny. <laughs> um, that, that's how my mind works. But, all right. So, they can find you at Lyle Barons on all your social media. Yeah. And uh, LyleBarons.com on the World Wide Web. I have that one final question for you. All right, Lyle. All right, so I have that final question of the show. It kind of encompasses a few questions. Well, uh, the question is, how do you live uncontained? Like when people told you that stand-up comedy is a risky business and you need to have a backup plan, what is it that kept you going and made you take that step forward into your stand-up comedy career? Uh, well, the fact that like I'm an outlandish motherfucker, and a lot of people are like, nah, this is probably what you should be doing and nothing else. <laughs> so like that, that de- like that definitely helped. Like I didn't have many people that were like, "Yo, you should maybe do something else." I don't know, like a backup plan. Everybody like mother, everybody, everybody was just very, very supportive. So that's so, awesome. So that definitely helps. But yeah, in terms definitely. of like after a bad set, I don't, I don't think about bad sets. Like okay. the same, the same way I don't think about good sets. Whereas to me, because I have way more good sets than I do have bad sets. Otherwise, I wouldn't fucking be here. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But I look at it kind of like, because it was, it's funny. It's like, oh, you know, I, I watch like a lot of NBA. The game is peaks and valleys. Steph Curry is going to be all from time to time. Like, yeah. What I was picking up from that, I don't necessarily focus on the good sets or the bad sets. Well, especially with stand-up comedy. And that that's like, that's one thing I never got about other stand-up comics when they get down on themselves over like a bad set. Because I'm like. Motherfucker, you gonna be here tomorrow. You're doing the same <laughs> shit. Like Yeah. Especially those comments where like they don't really care about the quality of the shows or the mics they're doing or whatever. They're just about stage time. You're going to be back here. Yeah. Why are you beating yourself up over this? So I just don't get that. I like I just don't get like beating yourself up over a set. So you don't really focus on bad shows. You don't focus on good shows. But Obviously, doing this eight years, you've had to make some sacrifices. Yeah. What are some sacrifices that you've made to be able to continue doing stand-up comedy and not necessarily settle for a day job? Uh, Not get guac on my burrito at Chipotle. <laughs> yeah, that's an extra like sacrifice. 90 cents or some shit. No, a lot more than that, Aaron. Hey, uh, Aaron. 
(laughs) (laughs) No, no, but as yeah, you know, it's like certain financial things. But beyond that, it's um, you know, it's like life things, like you know, certain girlfriends, certain um, you like you can't be a good friend all the time. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Oh, you miss birthdays or you miss certain things just going out and doing your sets and chasing sets and whatnot. Gotcha. So there's certain things gotcha. where it's like, wow, I missed, uh, like, me and some me and some friends, like, we missed uh, some significant chapters in each other's lives. Yeah. So that's, like, things like that can happen. And me, like, you know, I started when I was, like, right when I fucking turned 20. So for me, I, I was kind of like, did I fuck up? Like, should I, you know, I have, like, girlfriends and whatever, and they'll be like, yeah, I don't have any friends now because I moved to this new area. But, you know, thank God for my college friends because, man, they're still here. And I'm yeah. so glad I met them. I'm so glad I did not go to that other college I got into. And I'm just kind of like, wow, should I have fucking... And not even because it's funny. It's most... Obviously not like I can't go back to fucking college. But yeah. a lot of comics will look at it like, you know, oh, or just people in general will look at it like the backup plan. And it's like, I don't think of it like that. <laughs> okay. Like, there's no backup plan. You just do what the fuck you got to do. But I look at it like, oh, it would have been nice to have certain connections. Uh, I grew up in this shit. So, you know, for me, it hindered me to a degree with, with comedy is where it's like I started when I was like fucking 20. Like, I'm not a man. I'm not like I'm a fucking you're a fucking boy at 20. You're a fucking girl. Yeah. At your brain's not even fully developed yet. Exactly. Exactly. So. So, you know, certain certain mistakes are made on the way, you know, some <laughs> in my in, and then now that like I'm 28, I'm like, oh, a lot of y'all are just some bitch ass motherfuckers. But still, it's like I, I, I'll still take some, uh, I'll still take full responsibility for the fucked up things I did, you know, say and do. So you know that that is like a thing where it's like, man, it kind of would have been nice if I made my mistakes at you know, a college, <laughs> friends, other people my age, yeah. they were doing the same fucked up shit, and you know, with people that are booking a club. You know, uh, that I want to get into when I'm in this and, and I'm a lifer in this shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Lyle, it's been amazing talking to you tonight. It's been really Is there fun. anything left you want to ask me? Is there? I, I think I've asked just about any fucking question that I could. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for coming on my show. I appreciate Welcome. it. Pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. And Pleasure uh, being here. Once again, where can people check you out again? Your social media. You know, uh, just my name. My name is my name. All right, Lyle Barron's at your Everything. social media of choice. Yeah. All right, thank you for coming on, man. I got one final thing for you to do, and that is sign off the show. Anything Wrapping like it that? up with Lyle Barron's, and I'm uncontained, and you fucking should be too, or else I won't fuck with you. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Lyle Barons for joining me. I got some good news for you guys. I got some brand new stickers, and I want you guys to have them. So send me a message either via email at uncontainedpod at gmail.com or hit me up on your favorite social media at uncontainedpod, Facebook, Instagram, You name it, I'm probably on it like that. So um, send me a message letting me know you want a sticker. Then I'll send you a sticker and you send me a picture of where you stick the sticker. I choose my favorite picture and, uh, well, hook the winner up with a cool prize. You know, maybe some uncontained swag, maybe 
something else. I'll have more details for you on my Instagram and Facebook page. So yeah, stay up to date on uh, what's going on. And until next time, live uncontained.